0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I've kind of got a morbid backstory. That I've made every mistake there is when it comes to money. Let's bring in someone who talk, can talk me through this CFP Chad Burton with newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Seminar coming up right around the corner. You can sign up for it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. And oddly enough, uh, use code radio25. Come on in for free. How are you, Chad? Doing well. I just I started with something that I've made every financial mistake. I didn't start early enough. I've There was a whole year and a half where I forgot to fund my 401k because I thought it was being funded, and I just did not get my paychecks. And I, I'm running out of time to make mistakes. Um, I'm pushing 50, or I'm 50. Is the right way of saying that correctly? Uh, let's talk a little bit about, like, I, I'm your prime candidate for a seminar coming up, uh, income and retirement, because I have income while I'm working, but I have no clue about income and retirement. What mistakes should I be watching out for?
2: Well, the the first one is, you know, people are, are trying to pick a random date and time to retire without any kind of a plan at all. Okay. Because, you know, you can use any rule of thumb that you want, but if you're spending a lot of money and you have no idea what you're going to spend in retirement, then you can't figure out what's that magic number to retire. I mean, everybody's a little bit different in terms of what they have for pensions and Social Security. And you're right at that age, Rob, where I'm, I would still tell you to when you're running your financial plan, your retirement plan, don't count on social security. Because if it's still around when when you go to take it, which will probably be age 70 requirement by the time, you know, things change. Yeah. It'll be replaced with higher taxes to continue to support the system. So, it's up to you. You got to you got to save on your own.
1: It's pretty fascinating that you say that cuz my whole life I've never really thought of social security as anything other than a crappy paycheck. Like, that's that's the perception I've had my whole life. And yet, I think some people my age and some people younger and some people older are looking at Social Security as like free money. And I just see it as a bad paycheck. Um, <laughs> I see it as underwhelming. I live in California. I spend a lot of money. You know, I'm guilty I'm guilty of that. I need to fix things, don't I?
2: You do. And, and in terms of Social Security, if, if you were to take all of those payments that the average person is going to receive... In retirement, from say sixty-seven, if they live to yeah. eighty-five or ninety, you would need about typically around one million to one point two million dollars to replace that income stream. So that's why when you see keep seeing these studies out there that it's for the majority of the population that's you know in their seventies and beyond, it's a significant like sixty, seventy, eighty percent of their income in many cases. So they're stuck on this fixed income for the rest of their lives. And you get these points in time where the government, on one hand, says, oh, there's no inflation, so your Social Security check isn't going to go up. But that same year, they increase the cost of Medicare Part B. So that's tough when your Social Security check doesn't go up. That's your main source of income, and the health care costs go up. What are you going to do? You're cutting something out, right?
1: Well, I've always kind of planned on overwhelming them, have a lot of assets and then dwindle them down. I haven't really refined that planning part, and that's what you do so well. One of the areas that I would love to have a beer with you on, and, and argue: Do we really need bonds in our portfolio? Do we really need bond funds? And like, imagine we're drunk right now. Imagine we're we're at a, after a Portland Blazers game or a big Warriors game or something like that. Um, can I can I convince you to drop bonds, or are you gonna be a CFP on me and say no?
2: No, here's the the okay. If you look at longer term studies, when you look at portfolios, yeah. yeah of 60-40 versus 100% in stocks or whatever. You get these points in time where, like, a five-year growth run-up like we have recently had, where that 100% stock portfolio will catch up. But then the other one's still growing. So when that dip occurs, and I'm not talking about the 20% correction that we had last year that lasted a very short period of time and we're already back to September highs. Talking about those corrections that take, you know, six to nine months to bottom out, true recessionary corrections, and then another year, in some cases or more, to get back to where we were. And that happens every seven to 10 years. um, And that's when the balance portfolio ends up catching up and actually (laughs) resulting in the same return over the long term. It also gives you some powder dry. So if you have a significant market correction, the way that you can take advantage of that with a portfolio that's even, you know, 15 or 20 percent in bonds, is that when the stocks dip, your your bonds now become 25%, 30% of your portfolio. You sell some bonds and buy stocks on the cheap. That's the only market timing that you want to do is buy when everybody else is freaking out. When you think, oh, my gosh, it's different this time. This is going to be an economy that's going to take everything down with it, that's when you should be teaching yourself to buy, not sell.
1: Okay, so income and retirement. Let me ask you a couple more questions because we're doing a big event coming up. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a downloadable Tide towards the event. You can figure that out at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25. How about 20 years ago, Chad? You and I have been doing this a long time, and we've known each other a long time, which is kind of amazing because we haven't burned out of each other, which in of itself is is a nice thing. But do you remember muni bonds? Are California muni bonds a thing and I bonds is my follow-up question because I bonds were a rage. 15 18 years ago but i haven't no one talks about them anymore
2: well it's because they killed them the government killed i-bonds and we used to be able to buy i think it was like 50 grand a year a person yeah yeah. and rates were you know there's there's a base rate and there's an inflation rate right and the base rate was you know over two and a half three percent plus you had the inflation on top of it so i had a lot of people go buy i-bonds Wow. and they love them they're probably the best fixed income instrument they have. But then the government was like, okay, this is this is too much. And so the base rate, I think, is still, I haven't even looked at them for so long now. I think the base rate is still like zero. Um, and there's not much inflation right now. So people aren't getting much out of them. And you can, I think I think they dropped it to like $5,000. I'd have to check. It's been, seriously, I've been thinking about it. I haven't looked at them for over a year. I probably should.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I find it kind of funny because it, it was a heavily marketed product that was a government product. But, like you just said, the government canceled them, and like who knew that could even happen? Like People need to be ready for some change in retirement.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think change taxes change. Luckily, this tax bill that was recently done was very favorable for retirees that are mixing income between capital gains and ordinary income, like, out of their IRAs. Okay. But getting back to munism, I mean, yeah, I mean, at certain tax brackets, it's very attractive to have municipal bonds. It, the, the funny thing is, it's kind of, there's the sweet spot of the curve to find them right now, where it's kind of in the... Three to seven year range versus everybody wants short term bonds, and if rates go up at that lower end of the curve, those can, you know, be very a little bit more volatile. So, it's uh, rates are historical lows, and, and the issue is when rates jump, people kind of panic out of their bond funds, which is the wrong thing to do. We should let the manager continue to hold those bonds.
1: So, big event coming up, and you can find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. com. We have about a minute and a half, Chad. Any other big mistakes that I've I've made that you can help? kind of course correct as I head towards retirement. Big mistakes that you've made. I married poorly. My first wife was a disaster. Financially it wasn't a bad thing, but it was a disaster. Um I don't have a lot of new cars or anything like that. So I I think I've managed yeah, that yeah, well. Yeah,
2: you don't you don't drive the fancy car thing. You don't do that. Yeah. that. I don't know.
1: I don't have I season tickets to anything. You know I once it's had season tickets. I once idea. had season tickets to the opera. <laughs> I once had season it's, tickets it's to the like, opera.
2: Like I said, it's, it's the people that trade houses, spouses, and cars over and over again. Yeah, are the people that don't retire. I, I, I hear you. Do you think I'm going to work till I die? As long as you're enjoying it, yeah. It'd be hard to picture
1: Rob not on radio. Oh, I could I could imagine it pretty easily after today's <laughs> ma- management meeting. Oh, they're trying to sell infomercials like inside my show. No bueno. No bueno. That's all the Spanish I know. No bueno. Anyway, um, you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Oddly enough, Chad, I'm not really all that worried about taxes. I'm worried about income and retirement. And Social Security, not worried. Do you see how I'm kind of like faring? I'm, I'm probably not going to get a good grade from you, am I? Uh,
2: no. Well, let's talk about the income piece because people think they need to change their overall and what they invest in. And that's, that's not the case. It's how you rebalance in retirement. That's the key.
1: Coming up after break, Chad's talking income in retirement. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Death and taxes are the things that we know about. We know they're coming. Retirement's also coming. And for some, it's going to come a little bit better than others. Uh, In my own direct family, I have an older brother. My oldest brother, the firstborn. Uh, he worked 30 years in Saudi Arabia and then he kind of became in fashion to hate Americans in Saudi Arabia. So he was forced to leave by his company and then he hit a little age discrimination when he came back to the United States because no one really wanted a 50 year old computer programmer. Uh, Chad, his retirement program really didn't start till 50. He was kind of a free spirit until then he started late government worker, GS, whatever, 19 or 21. I'm not all sure about that kind of information. Um, Government, he's got good security clearance, but he didn't really start till fifty. How often do you see things like that?
2: Uh, too often. I mean it's it's more of the emails that we get versus you okay. know, people because we have account minimums and stuff like that. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean it's just so I talk about this with with kids all the time because I'll ask what. Do you guys learn in school when it comes to anything about money? Are yeah. there any basically adulting classes to how to <laughs> protect your credit, how to get a mortgage, why should you start saving? And it doesn't seem like there's anything like that going on still. That's why you and I um, exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just people that, you know, if you start at 10% of pay when you're right out of college, you'll be okay at some point. You might have to retire later if you're not doing like 15, if you don't have a match or anything like that. But if you start late at 50, I mean, you're working until you're 80. You, yeah. you better make sure that you get into a job that your body can handle for a much longer period of time versus I'm going to go out and find the best investment or the trading software or some crazy stuff like that. That's, that's the fear that I always get when people wait too long to save. Yeah. They start looking outside of what actually works. And so they fall for you know, what could be the silver bullet. or they, they don't invest in stocks, but they'll try the cryptocurrency route. Um, and then that stings them. And then they try something else like trading options or something or, like that. Or of, trying to get mom's
1: inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> like you see you see it go pretty dark at times. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've seen that in my own family. So uh, it's not, nothing new. Let's talk a little bit about this big seminar that's coming up. Um, people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of really good downloadables at the site. Oh, my personal favorite is Warren Buffett's Quotes. Uh, in large part, because I think everyone who 's accumulating wealth should have kind of a mentor um, you 're talking a little bit about income and retirement and how I should approach it. Am I going to really have to do a lot of rebalancing and it 's going to be a different world for me in ten years isn 't it yeah
2: but you know you can you can eventually systematize it i mean okay. you can you will get to the point I and mean, if you there 's a lot of work that goes in especially in the beginning the first several years of retirement because you 're really kind of fine tuning what your expenses truly are yeah and your expenses in retirement, you hear that term, smiley face spending, where in the very early years of retirement, you tend to spend more than what you thought uh, because you're doing things that you never had time to do. You're doing that bucket list stuff. So, if you're truly going to enjoy retirement, you're going to be very busy. And then spending starts to level out. When you've done all of those things in your mid-70s, things kind of decline a little bit, and you're not traveling as much, maybe. But then you get into your 80s again, and then the healthcare costs go up, and the nursing home costs, and things like that. So projecting that in is the tough part. Once you get all that done, then it's really a quarterly situation. You have a certain amount of cash on hand, and you have a portfolio. The portfolio is sending dividends and interest to your cash account to help replenish it, but typically with today's... Interest rate environment where CDs are paying you know two percent, bond yields are sub three on the ten year Treasury. Right now, those dividends and interest for most Americans aren't enough to replenish everything they're spending. So on a quarterly basis, you need to look at the portfolio and say, did it go up? If it went up, you peel enough of the gains off the table to replenish your cash goals, which is your three years worth of portfolio draws. And this hasn't changed. You know, I've been you know I've been talking about this with you on the air since nineteen ninety nine. So we've gone through two massive corrections with this strategy. And the tough part about it is when we go through a run-up like this, people are like, why do I have so much cash? It's not doing much. Interest rates are low. Sure. The market's doing so well. And then something like the September to, to December correction, where the market's down 20%, small cap are down 28%, and then people remember why. It's like, oh, yeah, because I, I need to make sure I don't ever have to sell during a declining market, because it will come back. It always comes back. Sometimes it takes three years to come back. So, you need to make sure that you can just live off the cash and the dividends and interest during that three-year time period. But when the market's good, you've got to peel those gains. And you know what? I think selling is the hardest part of investing, Rob. I mean, buying is the fun and easy part. It's, it's knowing when to sell is the hardest part.
1: Maybe that brings up the question of why buy companies that you want to eventually sell. you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to own Nike till the day yeah. I die. I want to own Disney till the day I die. Consult broker, advisor, trading action, any stocks I mentioned. Um, but I think people don't discern their investment choices quickly. Uh, well enough. They do it too quickly. They, they don't do the homework. Then they're like, Salesforce sounds great. It's gone up. But will it be around the day I die? I don't know. Um yeah, it's it, well, and, and two, it's the
2: the only time I'll buy individual stocks personally or for clients is if they meet our dividend achiever screen. Okay, And that's companies that are growth companies, if they have a dividend, they continue to increase their dividend over time. And if a company, an easy sell signal for us is if a company stops increasing their dividend or has a dividend cut, they're automatically out of the portfolio forever. They're dead to us. They're gone. <laughs>
1: they're dead to us. I like that you can put a pop culture <laughs> reference into financial planning. You're dead to me. <laughs> I kind of just Kevin, Kevin O'Leary on that one. <laughs> what do you think about O'Leary? I'm kind of anti Shark Tank personalities on CNBC. He,
2: I, I, he never really gets any deals. I think he's there for full-on entertainment. Just that attitude, the whole "You're dead to me," and he just offers these horrible royalty deals to bottom fish. <laughs> I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit conceited that he comes out with his own ETFs to invest in that uh, right? are higher fees than other ETFs just because he thinks his name is going to get people into the product, yeah. that's a little bit conceited.
1: we got about a minute left. Anything you think you want to plug anything? You want to push any ideas you want to get out there?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're you know 50 or older, you think you're pretty much on track for retirement, but you're not 100% sure. You don't know what goes into a plan. You don't know how it changes from accumulation phase to distribution phase. Yeah. Definitely want to go to the event. Los Gatos is, I think, my favorite place to do these because, I mean, the hotel is great. It's a good spot.
1: It's a great hotel, and I I think that whole Saratoga-Los Gatos area is the area where a lot of San Jose Sharks live. It's Mm -hmm. pretty desirable. Um, Great restaurants, great food. Come to the event, have dinner before, have dinner after. Uh, a lot, a lot going on in that area of, of the Bay. You can and
2: find a lot going on with this tax cut. So, I mean, if you want to really learn how to keep taxes lower for longer, that's how you have to, you have to think in retirement, lower for longer, not lower today, but lower for longer.
1: I did my taxes recently. And I want to see if you have the same reaction that I had. I was a bit surprised. I'm not going to say negatively surprised, but I was a bit surprised when I did my taxes. That's how much tax laws changed.
2: Oh, I mean, the form is totally different. I mean, it's, it's a big change for sure.
1: CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. You can find his podcast at iTunes or at the website newfocusfinancial.com. It's super easy to subscribe to. You just click a button. Uh, Big event coming up in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's the only house in the United States made out of cookie dough. Um, It's delicious, and you can find out more. It's coming up right around the corner uh, in the middle of May. Find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25 to get in for free. It's a Thursday evening event. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think it's important every now and then to rethink your positions. For instance, this band who's playing right now, Imagine Dragons. I grew up loving music. And the Magic Dragons and the Killers are probably two of my favorite bands. And I know you're saying, you have favorite bands? Are you like 16 years old? Yes, I'm forever 16, which is the name of my perfume that I'm going to come out with. And now you're saying, perfume, not cologne? Yeah, I, I kind of like being pretty. But the point being is, this is Magic Dragons. And I grew up with the idea that the eh, lead singer of the Magic Dragons, Mormon. And I grew up with a concept in my head that I, I, I was Christian Catholic kind of kid growing up uh we went to church until about age eight or nine and then my dad just gave up i just think life became too much and that whole organized religion thing wore him down i don't know he's dead so i can't really interview him about it but um imagine dragons i kind of grew up thinking like weren't mormons kind of like a fringe community weren't they were they a mainstream community like when you're on the east coast and you're eight years old nine years old you're you don't know a lot and then i learned everything that i needed to learn from the tv show on hbo called big love Because all Mormon men have four or five wives, right? Wrong! Point being is sometimes you need to change your assumptions. Like the Federal Reserve, they're supposed to fight inflation and support growth. Right now, it looks like they're fighting inflation. That seems to be the only thing they're talking about. There's no inflation. There's no inflation. There's no inflation. There's low inflation. We think it's a transitory time of inflation. That's one of the saddest parts about the United States in the last 20 or 30 years is there hasn't been a lot of wage inflation. When my father made $60,000 a year... 25 years ago it was a lot of money he was he was a uh, all that in a bucket of chicken i know you're saying bucket of chicken dude if you ever show up to a picnic with a bucket of kentucky fried chicken you are the hero that's what the, that's what i'm talking about you know here i get it <laughs> so anyway um sometimes you have to change your assumptions i once thought that more there's no way a rock star could be a mormon because they don't do caffeine or alcohol or <coughs> prostitutes Um, like I didn't, I thought a rock and roller was something different than it actually is. And I think that's really refreshing and wonderful. And also I think music has changed in the last 20, 30 years. These people take good care of their voices now. Whereas before it was all party, 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 party. I heard someone, oh, this was fantastic. I heard someone talking about Jack Nicholson. Um, and how he does cocaine as a pick me up. Not really to get high, not really to get all fancy or anything like that. Not to get like... He does it as a little pick-me-up. Okay. So sometimes your opinions change, and I think it's important that you go with that. Uh, the Federal Reserve is changing the rules, in my opinion. They're fighting inflation. There's no inflation. We are in a period of long-term low interest rates, and that's helped the housing market create a lot of inflation. You remember how I just said my dad's salary, 60000 was a high salary back in the day? Now it's nothing. It hasn't kept up with inflation, right? And that's what the average American makes less than 60000 a year. And at one point in time, that was a lot of money. But you have to change your assumptions. You have to like go with it and um, uh, save more and sock away more. The unemployment numbers are so good right now. They're
0: so good.
1: We are fully employed. We have lower than 4% unemployment. We have lower than 3.9%. We got lower than 38 Lower than 3.7%. we are at 3.6%. Now, here's the thing. Governments, the way they poll people... They may go to like the best neighborhood this time where everyone has a job and they're like, hey, let's skip that low income neighborhood where no one has a job. And and the polling could be skewed. It can be motivated to look better than it is. But as long as we have unemployment at 3.6%, I'll even go as far as say under four and a half percent. As long as the 10 year treasury is under three and a half percent, you, you got to be an investor. And you almost have to say, you know, bonds. I get it. It's a necessary pill to swallow, but I think you need to go with me on this one. The employment report pointed to strong headline growth and subdued inflation pressure. Positive and negative. Again, the ten-year uh, interest rate is so low that it's, it's encouraging mortgages. But the housing market has raced ahead with so much inflation that people can't necessarily afford a lower cost mortgage because the cost of the home has gone up so much. We've created some. The Federal Reserve has created some problems. Um, the stock market's gone up. Do you think I'm? I'm happy that the stock market's gone up. I'm thrilled. I look at my net worth and I'm like, "Zip biddy doo da, zip biddy day." I know I can't even sing that song because it, it had a slave in it. How Disney pulled off a, a slavery theme song still beyond me. You know, Disney once wanted to get into Manassas, Virginia, and this is a, a classic story of uh, pre-Bob Iger. They they made a mistake. They wanted to create kind of a throwback Civil War town. They wanted to create history and. Manassas, Virginia had a, a, a huge battlefield there, and they wanted to get into Manassas because it's right next to D.C. It's got next to an airport. Uh, Disneyland and Disney World are full. They, they, can't, they turn people away. They charge more. They, they turn people away. They charge people more. They still turn people away. So you want more theme parks. At one point in time, Disney bought a plot of land on Route 66 just outside Washington, D.C. in Manassas, and they were going to build a theme park, they were going to make it cultural. And they were going to you know, show the north and the south and things along those lines. And that was a mistake. When the CEO of Disney shows up at a town meeting and says, you know, uh, we're going to bring culture to Manassas. They're like, we have culture. We've been living in this place since the Civil War. We know that it changed hands like 19 times in the Civil War in the north, south, north, south, north, south. We know that people died here. Like, we don't need Disney to come in and do a zippity-doo-dah and do a cleaned-up version of of the Civil War and slavery. And suddenly, all the support was gone. The city had given so many concessions, and Disney just totally underestimated that they thought they could bring something special to a place that was already culturally special. So, even Disney has a, a losing streak on occasion. Think about that for a little bit. So, the employment report, super positive. You stay an investor. The 10-year treasury... Super supportive for home prices, super supportive for stock prices, super supportive for uh, capitalism. If you want to start a business today, let's say you want to have your own radio show and you want, you know, $100,000 to fund it. And you're going to charge interviews, you know, $1,000 per interview. And you're kind of start figuring out all the math. If you're going to borrow a lot of money right now, the low interest rate helps you. I and mean, it creates speculation. Maybe you'll take my job. You know, maybe you'll be better at what you do than I do. And that's, that's beautiful. That's the creative destruction. I'm a big fan of capitalism. Um, I know, I know, I know. That's all I got for you. Um, The cord-cutting movement. I talk about a lot of themes on the show, and one of the themes, you know, the the millennials and how they're spending money, and the baby boomers and how they're racing into retirement, and how they consume a lot of pharmaceuticals that are fabricated. But one of the areas that I'm I'm still fascinated in is how much money we spend on TV and where our eyeballs are. That's why why I talk about Fortnite. It's where our eyeballs are. Video games. Um, the decline in Major League Baseball attendance is shocking. I, I, I don't even want to go to a game anymore. I, I posed the question to my kid, do you want to go to a Giants game on Saturday or do you want to play Fortnite all day? <laughs> and he, the answer was play Fortnite all day because he was dealing with his buddies. So things do change. Now, one of the things that's interesting about TV and consumption of TV, and I could see to my kids, is they no longer know what ABC, NBC, CBS is. They They, they have no clue. They know what Netflix is. They know what YouTube is. They have no clue what a network television station is. I grew up with ABC, NBC, CBS, and it was kind of a big deal. There was a show on, and they used to do this every fall right before school started. They would say, "Coming up this season," and they'd like they'd have the host uh, Dan Haggerty from Grizzly Adams, and he'd come out and he says, "Hey, I'm going to show you all the TV shows that are coming up on NBC this year," and he'd show you little teases of it, and like one of them was called Manimal. Do you remember Manimal? It was about a man who could turn into an animal and he solved crime because clearly we needed a man who could turn into an animal to solve crime that detectives can't do. And I was like, I was stoked. And then it came on and it just sucked. It was just awful. But I knew what NBC was. I knew they were the better network over ABC and CBS. And CBS was like an old person network. So they even had, this was the best part. One of the networks somehow got celebrities to sign on to the Battle of the Network Stars. And you literally have, like, the guy from the uh, 8 is Enough uh, doing a, a, a steeplechase or a uh, hurdles with the guy from Grizzly Adams or Gil Gerard from uh, Buck Rogers. He was he was always there. And uh, I knew what ABC and BCC was. And then my world got turned upside down. Fox. Fox wasn't a network. Fox was a—it a, was kind of a forgotten thing, and they had the 10 o'clock news. And then out of nowhere, Fox says, we're going to do one night of programming. And— Then they said, we're going to do two nights of program. Then we're going to do three nights. And what Rupert Murdoch did at Fox was genius. He changed television. He changed network television. He did a network for basically X-Files was on Friday night, right? That was for boys 18 to 35 who had sci-fi, fantasy. You know, we want that. So they knew what to sell to boys 18 to 35. Beverly Hills 9210. They don't care what the ratings were. They cared about how many 18-year-old kids were watching it because they were selling acne medicine. So Murdoch kind of messed up the whole network television thing. And today, I don't even think networks, kids don't know who they are. Go ask your kid today, like, what's your favorite show on NBC? They probably won't be able to tell you. Now, maybe there's some networks, but the line is getting blurred, right? And we're doing more DVR. And I I honestly think the next network is going to be a cloud network. It's going to be called the cloud And all the shows are going to premiere on the cloud. And we don't need a physical building anymore. Think about that for today. Ask your kids if they know any network stars. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I kind of want to tie up that concept that I was just talking about, is do your kids know what a network television station is? The FCC... Grants television station licenses, and they're done through Spectrum, um, and the value is huge at one point in time. To have an NBC, or even in radio, or there's six fifty thousand 50,000-watt stations, and a 50,000-watt station you can hear basically in Mexico and Canada. That's pretty impressive and in the middle of the night, uh, but those were like Tiffany kind of networks. They were the the premium. I saw that Spectrum TV is adding a cloud DVR, and I was like... Hmm. So old cable company is a cable actually had to come into your house and now they're adding uh, cloud services. Yep. Uh, that business model is n- no bueno, no good anymore. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Jobs numbers have surged and they're subdued inflation. This is so Goldilocksian right now. It's it's perfect. It's a perfect time to invest. Not a lot of inflation. A Fed that's kind of like sitting on the sidelines. Now here's the kicker. So it's perfect time to invest. So you got the recipe. Everything was looking good. You're baking the cake. You still kind of have to look at valuation. And maybe the the, maybe the kicker there or the kicker there is to think of it as if you're baking a cake, you're investing. Maybe your oven it says 350, but it's really cooking at 350. It's too hot. That's kind of happening with the stock market right now. We've had nine glorious years. Uh, Like almost every day after the market closes for the last nine years. I want to have a cigarette. I've never smoked cigarettes. I'm not a cigarette smoker. Not a cigarette after lovemaking. Not cigarette on a stressful day. Not cigarette ever. But that's how good the stock market's been. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. So the valuations are a little bit high, and they're a little bit stretched. And maybe we're gonna run into a little bit of a problem right now, maybe where we have to digest those gains. Have you ever had a big plate of food and you're like, I need a break. But it's so good I'm coming back for more, but I need a little bit of a break. I don't know if it's maybe a Christmas feast. I don't know if it's a Thanksgiving feast or like, man, that that turkey and gravy, why don't we do that every year or every day? And you only do it at Thanksgiving because turkey's foul. Da, da, da. I'll be here all day. Um But the market may need to digest, but it's a pretty good environment. You know the people I hate? The people that tell you the market's uh, a roller coaster the people that say the market's going to go down, the people that say you're going to lose 50%, they're ignorant. We're at all-time highs right now. Guess what I said last year? Same thing. Guess what I said the year before? Same thing. Guess what I said the year before? Same thing. Now, it doesn't mean that at some point in time, they, they won't be right. You know, Amazon CEO once said, uh, one day Amazon will go bankrupt, we'll go to zero. It's kind of true. At some point in time, the, the planet Earth is going to go crashing in the sun. And trust me, there ain't going to be much left worth. Uh, two pennies, you know, at that point in time. So... Prepare for that on some levels, but stop selling that. I hate bad advertisers and sponsors who are like, oh, the market's going lower. The market's, like All they're doing is selling fear, which is a great business. You Look at horror movies, right? Um, one of the most popular movies ever created was a movie called Hellraiser. It was written and directed by Clive Barker, and he made it in a London flat, the movie, for maybe... Two to three million dollars. And that was a lot of money to him because he was self-producing, he was self-editing, he was doing everything, right? And the movie goes on to make like 60 million. Set 2 million into 60. Horror movies have built an audience. Teenagers, they like to be scared. I don't get horror movies today. The whole possessed nun thing, or possessed toy, doesn't get me. Doesn't get me. Chucky ruined that. I know you're saying, Chucky? The head coach of the Raiders? (laughs) No. No. But horror movies, they're an investment vehicle, right? You don't have to have an Avenger-style superhero world where you're literally like, ooh, that's another celebrity. Ooh, that's another celebrity. Ooh, that's another celebrity. So look at your investments the same kind of way. Um, Be patient with yourself at this point in time. We're in a great environment. It needs to digest. Or maybe it doesn't. That's where the crystal ball doesn't exactly work. I'll say this. In 10 years, I expect to be wealthier in the stock market than I do today. I'll, I'll even go crazy and say in five years. But no one knows the next year, right? You get Kim Jong-un getting kind of angry and starting to talk about, like, maybe Russia gives them one of their intercontinental ballistic missiles, right? Maybe. Who knows? Things can go bad, and things can go bad quickly. The jobs report crushes. The Federal Reserve is holding interest rates steady. Um, we have jobs. And when we have jobs, we tend to spend money, right? The old paycheck to paycheck. So it's a pretty good environment. On top of it, we're optimistic, which is surprising with how divisive the Republicans and Democrats are to each other in media. I don't know, right? You'd think maybe it would be like, man, if you listen to Trump, you'd think the world's going to heck in a handbasket. If you listen to the Democrats, you'd think the world's going to hell. And it's like, oh, man, you could get depressed, right? But consumer confidence is doing great right now. A tight labor market, record highs in financial markets. You know, I'll be honest with you. When, when I look at my portfolio and I see it at record highs, I'm more likely to say, hey, honey, let's go to Hawaii. She goes, we just got back from Hawaii. And I'm like, hey, honey, let's go to Paris. Let's do something romantic. I hate Hawaii, by the way. I love Hawaii and I hate Hawaii. I hate Hawaiian music. Is that fair? Is that fair? I hate being a tourist because I stand out in Hawaii. I look like that Caucasian guy who has money and <laughs> Oh, do you know the sun god wants you to go to the... And I'm like, no. What's your favorite island? Are you a Maui person? Are you a Kauai person? Or are you the big island person? Or are you the freaky Oahu person? I don't know. We're all something, right? Talking about investing, talking about retirement, talking about getting there, talking about networks. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.